Hi everyone, I'm Gary Lewis and welcome to the Geo Podcast. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about diamonds and how they're formed. So diamonds are a fairly rare mineral made up of the element carbon. Now carbon is a fairly common element on the surface of our earth. All organic material is made up essentially of the element carbon that's then bonded to other things like oxygen, nitrogen, hydrogen and so on. Carbon can bond to four other things to form those structures. But if carbon bonds only to other carbons in those four places, then we can end up with two very distinctive and natural formed substances. And they are graphite or diamond. Graphite is an incredibly soft mineral. In fact, most of us have seen or used graphite as a way to lubricate things. And sometimes graphite is used in things like pencil leads. Diamond, on the other hand, is one of the hardest naturally occurring substances we know of, used for jewellery and for cutting implements, such as drill bits and saws. The difference between graphite and diamond is the way that the carbon atoms are arranged, and the difference in that arrangement takes place due to the temperature and pressure that graphite or diamond form under. Graphite forms under low temperature and pressure conditions, whereas diamonds form under extremely high temperature and pressure conditions. And those high temperature and pressure conditions don't take place within the crust of the earth, but within the underlying mantle. So diamonds that we find at the surface have come from deep down below the earth's crust. In the upper mantle, around about 100 to 150 kilometers deep, we get a zone of melting that takes place. And in that zone of melting, the element carbon can bond with itself over long periods of time under extreme temperatures and extreme pressures to form the mineral diamond. The carbon itself may have actually originated within the mantle material, or we are thinking that some of the carbon may have actually been injected into the mantle through the plate tectonics process of subduction, where carbon-rich materials from the crust get forced down under other pieces of crust, down deep into the mantle where it remelts, adding the carbon back into the system. But whether it's mantle carbon or whether it is carbon that's come from the crust that's remelted into the mantle, those carbon atoms need to join together and form the structure of diamond. So the diamonds form in these high temperature, high pressure conditions. We have not yet been able to drill down that deep into our earth. So there has to have been some natural process that has brought up the material containing the diamonds up to the surface for humans to be able to find them. And that process must have been an incredibly violent form of volcanic eruption. And we refer to those eruptions as kimberlite eruptions and they form kimberlite pipes. And it's within kimberlite pipes and similar rocks formed in similar ways that we find the diamonds that we have on Earth. While we've never actually experienced one of these violent eruptions during human times, 
we know that they must have been violent because material has been brought from deep, deep down below the Earth's crust, so that 100, 150 kilometre zone in the upper mantle, up to the surface so quickly that the diamond structure has not been able to reset and become graphite. So we think this molten rock moved from the mantle up into the crust at speeds of maybe 25 to 50 kilometres an hour, dragging along with it the already formed diamonds up into the kimberlite material that then froze as it cool with the diamonds being trapped inside. When that molten rock reached the surface and broke through, it expanded quickly and the kimberlite pipes often have this broken dome-type structure sitting on the top. It's that material that gets eroded away and the diamonds can be washed out of the kimberlite material into the local rivers and that's how they've originally discovered. Then the prospectors move back up the river system to find that original kimberlite material that's eroding away. Now, most of the kimberlite pipes we find are incredibly old. And in fact, we think that the vast majority of them are tens of hundreds of million years old. So these are not a recent phenomenon, but something that took place way back in our Earth's history. And so most of them are incredibly highly weathered with the diamonds weathering out to be found. And in fact, for my US-based friends, in the state of Arkansas, there's actually a state park called Diamond Crater State Park, where for a small fee, you can go in and actually hunt for diamonds that are weathering out of a kimberlite pipe. You walk up and down through plowed soil, looking for the diamonds within the soil. Very cool. But let me spend just a little time busting a myth here, maybe perpetuated by old Superman comics and TV shows. Diamonds are not made by compressing coal. Coal is absolutely a carbon-rich organic material, but it doesn't just contain carbon alone. It contains all those other things, oxygen, hydrogen, nitrogen, sulfur, etc. But true diamonds are formed when carbon atoms bond together under extreme temperatures and pressures deep in the earth. So while Superman might be able to grab a piece of coal and compress it in his hands, he would have never formed a diamond. When most of us think of diamonds, we think of the clear variety. But diamonds come in other colours as well. They come in blues and yellows and greens and pinks and reds and browns. The reason that we get those other colours is because of either impurities within the structure or changes to the structure itself. So for example, if when the structure was being built, one of the carbon atoms was replaced by a boron atom, then the diamond would end up with a blue tinge. If another carbon was replaced by a nitrogen atom, then it may end up with a yellow tinge. Other colours like green, reds and pinks take place because of the way the diamond has come and interacted with other things, such as natural background radiation or even slight deformation as the diamond has been forced up quickly through the kimberlite pipe, the structure can be somewhat bent, causing the light to pass through it to give a different hue. While some of these diamonds may be incredibly rare, it is really comes down to marketing for the value of diamonds across the board. 
Most of the diamonds that are mined around the world are for industrial use, but many of those applications are being replaced with lab-grown diamonds that we've been able to do since around about the 1950s. So drill bits, sanding papers, saw blades, things that require incredibly hard materials to be cut often include those industrial or sometimes mine diamonds. And I've also noticed as a quirky end that you can actually take remains of humans and animals and have them turned into diamonds. So people are taking the carbon from those human or animal remains and in a laboratory joining the carbon under high temperature and high pressure to form a small diamond. Quirky, but hey, why not? But that's the end of this episode about diamonds. But if you're interested in learning more about things in earth science, then come join us at geoetc.com. That's G-E-O-E-T-C.com. But for now, keep on rocking.